that WAP song that came out. And then I'm like, wait a minute now, hold on. What are they talking about? And my girls are like, WAP. And I'm like, well, what about for people that got dry ass pussy? And they were just like, mom, you know, like, like being silly, but it's a chance to talk about sex in a different way because like there's some other presentations of pussy out there and they deserve some respect too. <laughs> some respect on that dress. <laughs> Microphone check. Does my mic sound nice? Uh. Yes, it does. Welcome to this week's episode of It's About Damn Time, where we change the narrative by changing the perspective. I'm Jared Dam, and it's about damn time to have another conversation that changes the way you think and perceive things. The only question is, are you ready? Well, welcome to this week's episode of It's About Damn Time. I am Jared Dam, and y'all, I am here. These are very special guests for me. I'm here with like the epitome of couple goals. I'm here with like the personification of a power couple. I am here with the royalty of uh, of the adult film world. Y'all intro was going to be longer, but I started looking at all y'all accolades. It was going to be like five minutes before y'all start talking. So I had to cut it short right there. <laughs> well, but welcome, Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir. I am Thank so you. humbled. I'm bowing to y'all right now as I talk to y'all. Thank y'all for being a part. It's about damn time. How y'all doing? Yes, it's about damn time. Word. It's about damn time. Yeah. Um, a full disclosure, I. Um, on a different podcast, that's where I, I met, you know, Jasmine mm -hmm. and we, you know, we talked and I, I, I told her, you know, when I, I slid into her DMs, all respect King, but I slid into her DMs and I was like, you know, Hey, uh, I wanted you on for a while and I couldn't think of what to have her on for. I mean, y'all talk about so much because I'm listening to y'all podcast. I'm a big fan of y'all podcast. Y'all talk about so much. So I didn't, I didn't know what to exactly have you on. Um, and then it hit me that I have a, a 14 year old daughter and I, I might need some help y'all. So uh, it's about damn time we actually talk about, you know, sex positive parenting because I'm gonna need y'all help. I heard the episode and I was like, yo, if it's, if it's anybody I can call with this, it's y'all. So awesome. I am excited that y'all accept it. Right. Awesome. What, what is, um? so you say you have a 14 year old daughter after you listened mm -hmm. to the episode, did you feel like, like, um, I'm on the right path or I'm missing opportunities or damn, I messed up. Like what? I'm just trying to get a frame of reference. You know what? That, see, that's a good question. See, see, you could tell you a podcast because you already got the questions already ready. So I love it. Um, I actually felt like I was missing opportunities. Okay. Uh, I feel like for, for, for me, you know, um, me and her have a, a pretty good relationship. Actually, with, between me and Brooklyn, Brooklyn's 14, Noah's 11. So between the two of them, um, I have a great relationship with them. Um, however, Brooklyn's a little bit more mature, so we have talks all the time. Noah's more like, daddy, let's play at 11. So, um, but even even still as teenagers, and, and, and I don't really know how to approach the whole the whole sex part. Like, you know, we, we talk about anything, we talk about uh, when she's on a cycle, we'll talk about 
boys. We'll talk about how some kids do drugs. We'll talk about a lot of these different things. But you know, hey, daughter, are you masturbating? I don't. I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about that per se. So that's why I had to have y'all on. Um, confusing. So confusing because uh, I think the main thing I don't want to do is is be like you know my my mom. Well. We'll get more than that in a second. <laughs> but before, well, beforehand, um, since we have this conversation about sex positive parenting, some of my listeners may not know what sex positive parenting is. So from y'all you know, perspective, can y'all tell me a little bit something like, what do you feel like sex positive parenting is? So for, for us, it really is about centering pleasure and safety um, and autonomy for our children across the continuum, as long as we're going to be their parents. So that's forever, right? Um, it is from our <clears throat> uh, uh, centering those things. So safety, body autonomy, and pleasure around sex, sexuality, sexual health, and wellness from birth um, and and throughout their their lifetime, actually holding that space for them uh, as long as they need us and will allow us to. For me, it, it also um, entails removing and removing shame. Mm. You know, um, there's so much shame that we have from whether it be from our parents or our community or whatever groups we're in as we are growing up and, and in just society at large, I don't want my kids to have to carry other people's shame with them. If you're going to get some shame, put it on y'all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's all about, um, just as just as Jasmine said, being being autonomous and, and you having your own experiences because a lot of times we, we tend to put whatever we went through on our kids with everything. And and sex is just one of those things. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, I, I think I, I love both of y'all answers. Um, King, I, I definitely can, can gravitate towards the shame part. Um, it's just my mom was my mom just, you know, growing up with me, she was pretty open about stuff. And I know, you know, hey, y'all talked about it on um uh Royal Fetish Radio. That's available on all podcasting platforms, so y'all should check it out. Um, but I know y'all you you mentioned that uh I mean, your your mom taught sex sex ed classes and everything like that. So yeah. there's there's a bit of a uh, progression there, but um, there was it was always like I feel like I was a, it was a stigma. Like, yeah, you can open about it, but I can't be too open. Like I hell, I remember just walking in on my mom when she was watching you know gay porn in the living room when one of her friends they were drinking and everything, and I was just like, hey, mom, I got a question about oh, and they were like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> It's a, it looked like it was a party. It looked like it was a good time. I mean, they they really they were enjoying themselves. I don't know. So, I have a question about that though. I can't. Yeah. You can't leave me hanging on that story. <laughs> did did y'all talk about it after, or it was just like, hey, go back to your room, and then like regular day. So that's, that's a good point. See, there was no conversation about it. Like it's, oh. it's something that a memory that I remember, mm -hmm. and of, of course, you know. You know, now I'm, I'm 42, so I'm, I'm open with her. We talk about all this, all this stuff. Hell, I, I got our roles, you know, for us, you know, so she can use. So, uh, so we, we're we real open about the, our conversation, but it, it never was like, 
I think even when we talked about it, maybe we might have been like, um, "Oh yeah, yeah, we was curious and we, we was watching it, and so you just popped in on us and kind of scared us." But it wasn't like at that time it wasn't like, "Hey, what you saw was this," and mm-hmm. you know, adults. Mm-hmm. Nah, it was none of that. It was none of that. And um, I think that's one of those learn those learn things that you have, even with when it's nothing is being said that you experience that you experience and you take in and so you feel like you can't talk about it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. or you can't express everything yeah well i think one of the things that comes with shame is fear like they're mm-hmm. like hand in hand so sometimes we get shame out of our fears or sometimes we get fears out of our shame mm-hmm. and in situations like that or, or think about just about anything as a parent it's natural to be like all the consequences for the things that your children can do, whether it's sex or shit, going outside. You know what I'm saying? Like there's always, as parents, we're like running down all the possible things that can happen, both good and bad, but usually it's the bad that sticks with us the most because we want our kids to come home safe in one piece, not be traumatized, so on and such forth, and just, we want their lives to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Even though we know life ain't perfect. Right. But we operate a lot of times out of this fear that, you know, what what do most of us learn from from our parents is don't get pregnant, don't get a disease. Mm-hmm. And there are so many other consequences and experiences and things that can happen from sex, not good or bad, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And I think that because we're just like, I can't have my kid being pregnant before they're set up for their life or they're married or this, that and the other, or I can't deal with them getting sick. We don't want them to get sick in any way. You know right. what I'm saying? So especially one that we feel that we can prevent in in that kind of way. There's there's certain diseases and sicknesses that are inherent to the body that you can't really prevent. But this is one that you could be like, yo, I can stop them from, from getting that. So how can I stop them if I put this fear inside of them? You know, but that doesn't always work because what are kids? Curious as fuck. Curious. <laughs> They're so curious. <laughs> You know, and and just the way the law of averages work, there's going to be something else that you tell them to be afraid of that they're going to grow up and be like, why were they even telling me to be afraid of that? So maybe I shouldn't be afraid of this either. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like if you're parenting from a place of fear, which is pretty common, it's hard not to be Mm -hmm. because you want the best for your kids. But if you're able to parent any subject from a from a place of like knowledge and and understanding it definitely works out better. And that's what we're trying to achieve when we, when we're doing our workshops and talking to people about sex positive parenting. No, that's real. And I, and I kind of related to what you, something, what you said in that episode uh, where you talked about um, wanted, wanted to always protect your kids, but you know, you got to a point where you know that they got to learn a lesson on their own, but you gravitate towards that always want to protect them. And my mom, Yesterday reminded me of the fact that I'm always trying to protect Brooklyn every time someone says something. I'm just like, well, I mean, mommy, from from Brooklyn's point of view, Jared, shut up. Like it's like, no, like, you don't let her, you don't let her get these licks in. And I'm just like, you know, but you're right. I, I I related to it because it's like I do want to to ensure that she didn't have that pain, but it, it's like you said, what if I'm not there? Like, what if something happens to me or what if I can't get to them fast enough? So they got to learn how to, how to deal with it. So, 
it makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense with that. But that that fear, boy, that fear, woo, it pushes you. It, it definitely pushes you. Um, let's talk a little bit about about the the negative parts of it before we before we get more about how to speak positively into it. And you know, I, I just do a little research on on the interwebs. I got my phone out. I had I got the website have to be pulled up right now. And it started talking about uh, different things on what it looks like as far as sex negativity. Um, it went as fo- so far as to talk about scolding kids for sexual pleasure, um, victim blaming after accidents, um, speaking negatively about sexual acts or preferences um, that aren't personally appealing to that particular individual, mm-hmm. which is a, that's a big thing. Uh, of, sh- of shaming, we already just talked about that as far as shaming like those experiences. And then framing sexual purposes as uh, like normal versus abnormal, uh, but in this, in this day and age, it is uh, there is no normal. And I, but I think I think our mindsets, especially from our the generation prior to us, that hammered in into us, we have to almost adjust to normal versus abnormal, and then and then just look towards open. So, um, kind of just speak to me a little bit about some of the, the sexual negativity things that y'all. You know, may have, may have faced even just growing up, or what you see now. So, um, I mean, I think you really listed those are some really, really good bad ones, right? That have a real um, lasting impact. I think there's something that um, that came up as you were listing them, and I was like, oh, I want, I, I wish I could add that to the to the list, so I'll add it here. And I don't think people think about this as negative. I think it's sort of one of those things where parents think they're getting. Um, ahead of the curve where we over sexualize our children or we we think that they're having sexual ideas thoughts or desires before they are even um we definitely see that with children of color um more so than any uh, you know it's like when we see our children developing in you know as their bodies naturally do we all automatically make this assumption that they are now somehow um, wanting to be sexual or that they're thinking about it. Um, and I think that does come from a place of fear that other people are going to sexualize our children. And so we have to like prepare them for this. Um, and I think that we do a disservice to our children. when We're not parenting to the individual child, but we are parenting to, um, oh, like, you know, you go on to high school there's going to be, um, you know, like all these people coming at you and you're going to have to. Da, 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 da. And it's like, wait, I don't even know where where my child is in the scope of, you know, feeling about how they want to relate to other people. So I think, you know, like you were talking about um, making projections of our preferences. I think we could also project stereotypes. And um, I really want to do do more to. Um, how do I say I want to do more to make people more aware about how culturally we have, you know, put labels on our children about them being fast or that, um, you know, I just remember those conversations being young, like, um, you know, look what you, look what you got on, you know, you so fast. Or like, why are you, you know, all, all of these is like, I don't know, like these breasts are just here. I, they're, they're not, <laughs> you know, I'm not thinking with them. Right. You, you are right. Um, I didn't even think about it that way or like, I, so, so I, I think that is sort of like where 
parents may be trying to get ahead of the curve, like, oh, people are going to start seeing my child in this way. So they must be thinking this way. I need to, um, and we can actually like invite them to a conversation about like, you know, kind of tell me where you are in terms of like, you know, do you like anyone at school or changes are happening to your body? How do you feel about that? You know, and instead of making this assumption that because of what you see or what you've been taught, um, that that is what your child is thinking. It's like you could be providing them education that they're not ready for. Um, or you could be, you know, just providing them education that they they um, uh, mostly that they're not ready for or that they don't need at this point in time. I think right. the opposite with little boys mm-hmm. where it'd be like, oh, he's going to be a little lady man, little ladies man or yeah. something like that. And I noticed that people do this in certain situations and they don't even really pay attention to like the law of averages. Like women are more likely to hold babies. Mm-hmm. Men don't just go up to other people. We don't even be asking to hold our friends' babies. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But women, Not at all. yeah. so yeah. children are also going to respond to the person who's in their face going, oh, did, 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 all the, hey, 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 all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Men, when we see one of our people's babies or, or little kids, or whatever, what up, man? Yeah. What up, little man? Yeah. So your kid isn't going to respond by smiling and trying yeah. to jump in your arms the same way that he might do for women. But they'll be like, oh, look at how he respond with the ladies. Yeah, because she's smiling. She's nice to him. And- Relax. <laughs> right. But if, right. But people's mentality, that might not be, it's, it's like the opposite. It's not a fear, but it's maybe the desire of that father that he wants, or some mothers, that they want their son to be a ladies' man, or they think that that is what a young man should aspire to be, and then they're putting that label and that desire on that child when he's just responding to people who are nice to him. Yeah, it's he's going to be a heartbreaker. Yeah, like, yeah. why are you speaking that over this child? Why you want him to hurt people? Right. <laughs> <laughs> he could be a nice guy, you know what I'm saying? But I think that there there are, a lot of times we, we do think of the negative things, or I might be phrasing that wrong. It's They're all negative if you're placing it on a child who, who Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. but it's like we don't look at those type of things because we look at it as a positive label but yeah. but it's negative when that's not the child and also when that's not the situation yeah that's like not going to be the situation for <laughs> and shouldn't be for a very long time and i think that is also sort of like putting that um our sexual expectations and or gender expectations um onto onto children that that still just need to learn how to like walk talk and wipe their ass yeah, and then and they're also like not in a, uh, they're not in a place or a situation to even comprehend what's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you're gonna start reinforcing these negative stereotypes and and putting them into their brain, and then they're gonna try and live up to what it is their parents are telling them it should be. Something um, also that you said, Jared, about about normal. Um, I like to think like. Yeah, there there really is no normal. It's just how people show up. I mean, there's like a culturally, like more people tend to do X, Y, or Z, what have you. That doesn't necessarily make it normal. It just makes it more common, right? right. Um, and when, you know, instead of doing some of the labeling that you're talking about, you know, even when we say stuff like, um, I don't know, oh, you get into middle school, you gotta, do you have a boyfriend, right? Like we're making an mm-hmm. assumption that this is the normal thing that you should want at this age. And I think that is, again, still framed in a positive way. Like I'm open, I'm having conversations with my child about relationships or sex. I'm, I'm, 
but you're open to only what you are open to, which is exactly. that, you know, that range pushing of- Pushing that agenda. Yeah, pushing, yeah, pushing exactly. your agenda on that kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can just, you know, we could take out some of those, you know, some of those things like- You like anybody. You like anybody. School. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, I see that you are hanging out with so-and-so. Um, what kind of feelings come up when you're hanging out with that person instead of like, you know, are you feeling excited? You know, what, what, I don't even know what parents say around that, but like sort of, again, projecting. Um, and then we are teaching our kids like, oh, this is, and our kids do this all the time. They know what they, what we want to hear when we phrase right. things in a particular way. And so it's like, okay, they want to hear this. I'll respond this way because so much of what we do is projects onto our kids, do this, be good so that you make us happy. Are people you? who ask that question are usually like, you better not have no boyfriend. You got a boyfriend? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, right. right. Nope. And so now, you, again, you so know. now the answer is no. Nope, nope, not at all. Nope. So I, I don't want to hear your mouth. Yeah. You never yeah. find out because they're not comfortable telling you because you've already told them that they better they not. Better not, yeah. Right, right. See, see, this is why I fuck with y'all. I, I, I don't know if y'all knew then I fuck with y'all, but I fuck with y'all hard because of, because of this shit right here. Because I I love I love that that what you added to that. So, Jasmine, from from your perspective, when you when you're talking about you know the development of 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 a, of a young woman, and she gonna kill me for saying this, but my, my daughter she got like D's or G's. We have to we have to get a like a new bra like every six months. You know what I mean? And so and so I can relate to that because. I'm like, yo, I know what's out there. I know what what got you know little boys gravitate towards, but but when I talk to her, she's not in in that mindset, and I, and and I try not to push my agenda on her, but I was born in 1980, so I sometimes I kind of do, you know, like yo, so you you do realize that, you know what happened, like if, if she's talking about you know her siblings how they get on her nerves. You know what happened when you had sex, right? You know, like, like I, I got just throwing it out there as far as they're like, that, that could be you. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, King, from your your vantage point, like Noah, he he's eleven. He's always been a you know a fucking charm. And so, you know, you know, he'll he he know what to say to get what he needs. Like I, I I call it emotional equity on what he does for <laughs> as far as my, <laughs> as far as what he does to my mom or, or you know his you know his stepmom or whatever. And it, it just like. He was randomly coming to the room. Hey, I love you. I just want to tell you that I love you. You gonna ask me for some chips later on? I already know you gonna ask me for some chips. So the, the the thing the thing for me is like we do push that agenda on on our boys because I remember with my father, rest his soul. Um, you know, it was it was more so of of talking about he would talk about how you know his prowess and, and, and almost like the hunt that he would have for for women. And then me being a, a a shy, awkward, you know, introvert, you like, well, you got the gift of gas, son. Why you ain't doing this? I'm just like, I feel awkward, and and so I felt the, I almost felt pressure. It almost felt, it almost felt traumatic yeah. because I wasn't living up to the the you know what my father you know, deemed as is what's supposed to be acceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I fucked with y'all like like for real. Like, well, I mean that's a that's a good example, I think actually yeah. because. Your son's charm is to get potato chips. It's not to get some other shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, man, like, yeah. Um, and, a, and a lot of times, you know, when a child has that, that's 
good communication in a way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, most most of life is trying to get what you want out of life or a situation. You know, it doesn't always have to be uh, in a negative sense, like he's not tricking you for potato chips, but he know what's the saying? You catch more, more, more flies with honey than with vinegar or whatever. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. So he's not going to come in there like, fuck all this shit, dad. Can I get some chips? Like, he know you know, and, and I mean, the same would go if, if a little girl was talking like that, but I do think culturally how, how young ladies speak when they're charming is different than how boys speak when they're charming. It could, it could vary from child to child, but it's like what we, what we deem as um, socially acceptable is different. Mm -hmm. So like if a young girl had that same type of charm, people get really thrown off because she has a, yeah, she has a certain, a certain confidence that people are not, um, usually don't associate mm -hmm. with with young women, right? So I think that it's it's really interesting, and and I do ask all parents out there to pay attention to the words that you use when when your child has a gift of gab or some sort of level of like being able to speak up for their wants and needs and being polite about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we want them to be polite, right? You know what I'm saying? Like our son. I, I I was raised, you know, please and thank you and all that stuff Absolutely. has to be part of your verbiage, right? Absolutely. And he definitely uses it way more when it's something he really, really <laughs> wants. He will start with please. He won't even say what he wants first. Please, daddy, can I get some strawberries? You know what I'm saying? But if it's if it's a whole other kind of situation, there ain't no please. I'm serving him some food he don't want. It's mm, like, what? What do you say? You know what I'm saying? So it's like we're also we're also raising them with these things. Like this is this is acceptable. This is polite. This is how. This also now we give a response. Oh, look at you with your manners, little man. Go ahead. You know what I'm right. saying? So now right. they know, like, oh, that's that's how I get them strawberries, or or, or I get those potato chips. Please and thank you. May I have some potato chip strawberries, please? You know what I'm saying? It'll it'll happen that way. Let me ask you this: Do y'all do y'all feel like like some of these these things that we we've highlighted as far as you know sex negativity things that we face or that we've seen? Do y'all feel like those things are are almost like generational curses? Hmm. Uh, let me. I'll put it this way: I think that. Our, our fears and the ways that we have chose to communicate, like they come from somewhere, you know? And I think, you know, King, you made a good point um, about wanting to protect our children and, and you talking about your daughter from the perspective. I think like, you know, we have to be realistic that there are sexual um, and predatory dangers towards our children. Um, I think that we have to be very like realistic with ourselves that there are consequences associated with having sex. It's not, yes, um, uh, unwanted or an early pregnancy might be one of them, an STI or an STD may be one of them, but also emotional pain, right, might be one of them. Um, it, you know, there, there's a lot of things being exposed to, being exposed to things that we're not ready for. Um, yes, those are consequences. And 
I, I think there isn't anything wrong. I think some people think that when we say we're sex positive parents that we're just like, let our kids run amok, you know? And it's just no. like, no, or absolutely <laughs> not, right? Or that like the world is also a sex positive place. It's not. We right. don't live in a sex positive culture. People do, um, children are molested, people are raped, you know. Um, people are shot at for their orientation. Exactly. A hundred percent. You know, um, we are in a culture where where if girls express themselves in too, you know, they're too confident or too um, too knowledgeable about their bodies or uh, express too much autonomy of their bodies that they are at risk of being attacked or bullied and labeled in a particular way. If boys don't know enough about how to interact and communicate with people of opposite um, opposite sex, and they could be bullied. Like, so I think you know the sex negative things that have come up, I don't really want anyone that's listening to this as a parent to just be like, fuck it, I failed. Or like, you know, um, that's how I was raised. That's all I know. And I don't think anything is wrong with it. I think it's understanding where that fear comes from and like, how can we protect our children without, without having such a negative impact for, for them for the rest of their lives. And I think that's like, as we become adults and we realize like, dang, we got a lot of hangups because of things we didn't learn as children or the way that it was framed. It's like, I don't fault my mother for wanting to protect me. You know, um, how she did it, we we could have done it in a way that it didn't make it my fault, right? right. And so like when you were talking, I'll give you an example. We were in New Orleans um, for the first time as a family about, it was four years ago. And um, our daughters wanted to go out on the, what do you call it? The strip? The main street? Um, whatever. Um, what's the main what's street? On Bourbon Street? Yeah, on Bourbon Street. Street. Yeah. yeah. And it was, I mean, I'm from Louisiana, so. You oh, know. okay. Okay, so <laughs> you're going to have a perfect reference of that. So they wanted to go, um, wanted to go out on Bourbon Street. They were at the time like 18 and 14, 18 and, 18, 14, yeah, 18, 15. And, um, they were going to go with their godmother. And so, and none of them had ever been to Louisiana before that, or to New Orleans specifically. And, you know, inside, I wanted to be like, no, like, no, we go in the daytime or can you go with them? But they don't want him to go with them. They wanted to. They it's always during the daytime. They start, it was like, early yeah, it was like going late into afternoon. The, yeah. And you know how people start to turn up as it gets dark. Right. They be turned up as it gets dark. They do, but you know, take off your daytime clothes and put on your nighttime clothes, yeah. right? And so the girls had, like, they looked so, they looked really cute. They had, like, it was appropriate for the weather and the location, like crop tops and, um, and shorts. And, like, yes, inside of me, I wanted to be like, put a sweater on and put, you know, you know, like knowing that that doesn't really solve anything, but those are old mm-hmm. negative tropes, right? Like if you, if you mm-hmm. dress appropriately or if you look unattractive in some way, or if you don't look like. Or dial down your, your, your attractiveness. Yeah. Exactly. Or like, no, that crop top is quite fine. But then when you talk about like how you were saying about Brooklyn, where it's appropriate for you to be wearing that shirt. It's like a kid's shirt, but the way that you fill it out, like, oh, you know, and and so like, I was thinking that with the kids, like, damn, they're going on Bourbon Street, they got these shorts on and, you know, they're going to get cat called and stuff like that. So instead of us going, and instead of us going like, you got to go with them or they can't go at all or you need to change your clothes or we'll all go as a family. We were like, let's prep you for going out on Bourbon Street. If somebody cat calls you, what you going to do? 
And they had like the most hilarious comebacks, really good comebacks. And they were, they felt prepared. All right, you got your phones, phones charged. Where, you know, where are y'all going to go? What y'all trying to do so that we could at least have a reference of where they were going to be. So it's like, we know that the world is not sex positive. And we know that there might be people, predators that are looking at you from a particular way. Or we know that people might think that you are older than you are just based on your, you know, your physical presentation. But it's not your fault. None of those things are your fault. It's the rapist's fault. It's exactly. It's the sexual right. harassment person's right. fault. And it's funny because while you were saying that, I was just thinking in every situation that I can think of, of public discourse around a rapist mm-hmm. and a sexual abuser, there's more conversation about what the woman was wearing, yeah. what she said, mm-hmm. so on and such forth, run down the list. Mm-hmm. There's more words and, and, and foul language to refer to that victim mm-hmm. than there is for the abuser or the, the rapist. Right. Yeah. But if you look anywhere on the planet, and this is extremely unfortunate, it's horrible. Whether it's a country where women have to wear head to toe burkas, mm-hmm. or it's an island nation where people walk around in swimsuits, women are raped. Yep. Yes. The rapists yes. are the problem. The sexual harassers and abusers are the problem. But we always turn to, well, what was she wearing? She yeah. was asking exactly. for it. Why she did this? Why she did that? Like, why you let your child out? There's nothing why? that she did mm-hmm. that is her fault mm-hmm. in that situation because that person should have kept their hands, mouth, and body to themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So instead of them growing up with this, like, if something happens to me, it's my fault or that I can somehow control these external factors by dumbing myself down, dialing myself back, re- suppressing, oppressing my my expression of self. It's more of like we want you to be aware of the things that we're afraid of and we want to help protect you by giving you the tools to the best of our ability. You know, um, and so, you know, our girls, like they, um, you know, they, they dr- dress how they want to dress, you know, but they also carry, you know, what they need to carry or we all have their locations and, you know, we do certain things that are, that allow us to be, to operate in this world without it being the fault or, um, you know, or like having this fear or shame about their own expression. Yeah. Look, I, I I I love what y'all what y'all saying, and, and especially Jasmine, your point about the whole the whole Bourbon Street story. Because my my next question was going to be, how you know does your values and beliefs affect the way you give you know parenting you know advice to your kids and everything? And I think it was just a perfect example of just like, hey, here are my fears that's been instilled upon me. And, and King, to your point, yeah. Whether you in Jamaica or whether you in Saudi Arabia, rape is rape, and it's gonna happen. What no matter what they wearing, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, but we've been instilled, and and I don't, I don't know where y'all from, but I'm from Louisiana, the, the southern, the milk, the the Bible Belt. Oh, it, it definitely is like <laughs> you know prevalent in 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 there. So I love the the, the example that you gave that you you had your you know your values and beliefs that was instilled upon you growing up. 
but you kind of thought about it, stepped outside of yourself, something and say, okay, let's come up with some more creative ways to 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 make sure that your uh your kids are equipped to handle things. And, and to your point, like what we talked about earlier, King, like you gotta let your kids be your kids. Let, let them let them make their own mistakes. But our job as parents is to protect it, like equip them with the with the skills and the knowledge, right? Sure. That will allow them to, you know, flourish even even in difficult situations. So I think that leads back to your initial question about like, uh, is it like a generational curse? Yeah. And I always think about that Bible verse where it's um, the sins of the father are passed down tenfold. Right. And for me, I look at that like, all right, so what my pops or what my moms or grandparents or whoever, as a parent, I need to look back at where they might have taken a misstep mm-hmm. or what they have done right. And how can I apply that to the here and now? Right. Um, like you have mentioned, you know, my mother was my mother's a health educator and a health health activist. So her comfort of talking about all kinds of topics regarding sex and the human body, super easy. Mm-hmm. My father was the exact opposite. But I also didn't grow up with him. So the limited times that I was with him, I feel that he was like, I only got a weekend to instill all this hatred and fear in this child that I possibly can. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So it's like, yeah, um, with, with, with those kind of things. And, and it, it comes down to, I've been reading a lot lately of like, you know, like a lot of things in the public discourse, um, regarding sexuality and relationships and so on and such forth. And so many people are kind of like, now, now all of a sudden there's a, I don't know, for lack of a better term, this is how people phrase it. There's like a LGBTQ agenda. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. There's not. It's just that people are allowed to be outside mm-hmm. without being, right. without fear of being attacked in the same way. I mean, un- unfortunately people are still attacked, but yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of like saying with black folk, there's not really a overall black agenda for us to be able to go sit and eat at a restaurant in the same restaurant that everybody can at this point, but we still want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like we we exactly. should be able to, we should be able to own property. You know, it's like all this, all this kind of stuff. And I think like when, when people think too much about how it was back in the day, they don't think about how back in the day was fucked up. Right. Yeah. Like some things, some things that are new are good, mm-hmm. but freedom and equality for people is not bad. No, it's never been the right to express yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's one of those things that as it progresses, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, things like pollution or something like that, like that, that's an agenda you might want to take up to, to try and stop. But I, but I do think if we're looking at like, that generational kind of thing, we have to, we have to remove ourselves as much as possible for how things were and raise our kids based on what's going on now. It makes me think like when people say like, well, that's how I was raised and I turned out just fine. Like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, you didn't. I see, I see the trauma on your face. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? You didn't. <laughs> right. You're not just right. fine. And like, I mean, that's something that I had to, to reconcile for myself. It's like, 
no, you, you do have a lot of hangups. It's hard for you to ask for what you want. Um, there's a lot of things that you haven't tried because you're worried about how people might think of you. There's a lot of experiences that you have experienced because somebody else wanted that of you, not because you like, so no, you didn't turn out just fine. Right. So you can't use the same upbringing and expect, you know, the, the same or a better outcome for your children. You really do have to think about like, I think, you know, before you can start to sex positively parent a child, that you really have to think about what your parenting, what your sex parenting was like. And like, like you said, um, where, where could our parents have shown up differently? Or what would you have liked to experience um, growing up that would have made things, you know, a little bit easier for you as an adult? And we don't necessarily have to like project that onto our children. We're individuals, right? So like what we think is cool, our kids may not. But even being able to say to our kids, like for me, I've had to to my kids, like my mom didn't talk to me about none of this stuff. So I don't even know if I'm going about it right. (laughs) But like, you know, we got to talk about this, you know? And like, it's or even saying like, it's really uncomfortable to have this conversation because I never had it before. But I, I know that it would help me to talk about it. So I'm like making myself available to you. And, you know, then I'm just like, oh, look at mom. Like she's cringy. Okay. <laughs> you know, let me right. help her. Let me help her out here. But so, you know, when you were talking about your specifically your daughter and like not knowing how it's okay that you don't know how to have that conversation. It's just about you being willing to. So just like, like. Brooklyn, I see that, you know, like we are buying bras every couple of months. And like, I don't, I never thought about how this goes. It's, this is, I don't know. But like, should, is there something that we should be talking about? Is there a way that I can support the changes that you're experiencing? Is there anything that might be happening with your family, uh, with your friends that like makes you feel uncomfortable or that you just want to share with me? Like, I don't even know how to respond, but I'm open to I'm open to you. It's okay. Like then we're modeling with our children. There might be really, really difficult things that you need to say, or that might feel awkward or uncomfortable around sex, but you could just like power through it. So our kids are going like, Oh, like, I don't know how to tell this girl, this boy, this person that I like them, but I got to say something. Okay. I'm going to just put it out there. And like, they will, they will do exactly what we show them because we did this like they were literally talking about how we've repeated some of the things that we learned with our parents um in our lives and so to think that our kids are not going to be the same is it's kind of unrealistic and you don't have to be you don't have to be infallible to be a no. parent you just have to love yes you know and i, I think um kind of like building off of what what jasmine said like you can't expect to be a sex positive parent if you're not a sex positive person, mm-hmm. you, you better say that again. <laughs> you can't. You can't expect to be a sex positive person. I'm mm-hmm. a parent. If you're not a sex positive person, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and by that I mean you don't have to go out there and do all the things. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do, but to be sex positive is to be accepted. Is to be understanding. Is to be interested in gaining as much knowledge as possible, so that way you can you can make informed decisions and share those with your kids. You know, so it's like if if you're just like you know we we all do it. Like sometimes with your kid, you might be telling them to do something. They're like, why? Just do it, right? But 
sometimes those whys need real answers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's different between like, you know, we're willing to say, yo, watch behind your ears. Why? Because, you know, you know, stink back there, you get dirty, you get germs, you get blah, 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 and we'll run down the whole list. But we don't, sometimes for things that are a little bit more uh, tough conversations, just do it. But then sometimes I think with parents who do say that is because they haven't fully comprehended or made a fully informed decision on something. Mm-hmm. So as 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 positive as you can be is just gain that knowledge. You might not have to experience all of it, but you definitely should learn about it because no matter what, your kids are always going to bring something to the table that you yourself did not experience, mm-hmm. see, or do. And this doesn't just involve sex. This involves everything. You know what I'm saying? Everything. I didn't grow up yeah. with an iPad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like I had to go out there and read up as much as I could. Like, is it bad for them if they're on the iPad? Is it is it okay if they're on this program? Is this program helpful for their learning? Is da 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 run down the whole how, how much time should they say be on there? All yeah. that. Yeah. You know, and and then I can say, it's enough time on that. Let's do something else. Or if you do this, this, and this, then you can rock out. Like have fun. You know what I'm saying? So I think when when we do get the knowledge, we're we're better off making a good decision. Can we be friends, all all of us, please? <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, just, I just love you. Sex positive no. friends. Yeah, it's six positive friends. <laughs> six six positive super friends. Um, I love it. Oh, um, all right. So I need y'all help. So break it down for me. Break it down for me. I am am going to create. I'm going to give you the scenario. I'm gonna I'm gonna use superpower for both both y'all to help me out, Jeff. And I'll start with you first. Um, Brooklyn's fourteen, as we talked about. Brooklyn is fourteen years old. She she has um, you know, chestal areas that, that's developed and overdeveloped at times. It's a little scary. Um, you know, starting high school. You know, she's student of the year, but she you know she doesn't really do stuff. You know, as far as like like sex, so she had. After she's told me, we kind of talk about stuff. How do you, how would I initiate a conversation being a sex positive parent in, in talking about sex with Brooke? So, one of the, the first thing is to take the pressure off that that first conversation has to, has to include every single thing. Like, you know, trust that you are going to be in your daughter's. Um, life forever and that you can keep having conversations with her um, as she grows so I think sometimes it's like how oh my gosh like I don't even want to have this conversation now I need to have her entire sex life um, from you know from the perspective of dad taking care of you all in this one setting like that's overwhelming and it usually paralyzes parents from having any conversation right so I always like to use external tools to help us get into um, into the space. And so like even saying like, okay, Brooklyn, you mentioned Brooklyn's 14. She's a student of the year. She's going into, um, into high school. And you previously mentioned that she is very mature. Okay. So like parent Brooklyn, don't parent uh, any 14 year old, right? right? He's already mature in a particular way. She has a great understanding. Obviously she, she comprehends information really well. So you don't have to talk to like, what well, you know, like my baby girl, you know, you can really like Brooklyn is a young lady now. And, you know, being able to say, just using, 
had a conversation with some other parent that have teenage, you know, have young adults, teenage and, and little kids. And they were sharing with me um, that it's important for us to have conversations, candid conversations about everything, including relationships. And I think starting with relationships is much more realistic with young adults than just starting with sex. Um, because when we're talking about like the consequences, Brooklyn probably knows if, if she has a menstrual cycle, she probably already knows about pregnancy. She probably mm-hmm. already knows about STIs, STDs, she, you know, like, but relationships are the consequences around sex that we rarely ever talk about, you know? So I, I use us as an example. I have talking to my, my, um, my superpower friends and we were talking about, um, kids and relationships and how to have how to have these conversations. Um, she might get a little like, oh God. And it'd be like, yeah, I feel the same way too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Let her know how you feel. Like, I I feel the same way too. Um, I get there's certain things that I feel nervous about. And can I share those things with you? Ask on children, like, ask her, can I share some things with you? Um you know, some of the things that I'm nervous about is that you're developing and I'm, I'm nervous about the world we live in and how people are responding to you. Are you open to telling me how you feel about that? She might be like, what are you talking about? All the girls at my school look like this, right? That, you know, or, um, or I don't even notice it. Um, it's not a big deal to me. So again, we're finding out where Brooklyn is, not where your mind is, not where young boys that are 14 years old and night that were born in 1980, you know, like we're getting right, 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 right now. The other thing that we do is like, what are some of the other kids doing? Uh, this is a fun question that we, um, I don't know if it was fun, but it was like, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we were all sitting around and I asked like, what are, the, what are the other kids into? Like, you know, are they dating right now? I think my, um, oldest daughter was maybe in she was probably going into 10th grade it's like are they dating what are they doing like bring me into your world that was the homie hop conversation exactly oh man and <laughs> our daughter was just like yeah they're dating some of them are like some people have boyfriends some of them are homie hoppers and i was like what is a homie hopper <laughs> i know what is a homie hopper? Kids, I'll tell you. So it's um in this the scenario she was telling is a girl who who sleeps with multiple um with guys in diff in, in the same friend group, not necessarily at the same time. Um, oh. because that was my next question. I was like, at the same time? And she was like, No, that's a train. <laughs> oh. But even asking that question, I le- I was able to learn that, oh, you know what a train is. Okay. So we don't need to talk about the birds and we could get, we could go yeah, right. talk about multiple partners. We could talk about what we having at these parties. People be kissing. I'll start where I'm comfortable. People be kissing. They're like, mom, do they be kissing? They be doing all kinds of things. That's when I learned that they be digging their hands into a bowl of pills and using, um, Random, well, I don't know. It's got a that was a pill party. A pill party. I didn't know that. So again, just starting where I, I was like, tell me what's happening in your world. Super random. Yeah. I was actually having a conversation with my mother about that the other day. About the pill parties. About yeah, kids. My, my mother was pills? talking about. I mean, still that they pills. used, but they used to do that back in the day. Apparently, in the sixties too. Oh, so these kids just yeah, brought so old thing back. <laughs> they just got more pills now than they used to. And, and right. more access 
Yeah. 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 But I was, this is, this was not my, my world. So by asking my daughter to invite me into your world, I learned one, what's out there. And two, I also learned she's not into that, but she's aware of it. And she also knows how to like navigate these things. And so here I would be sitting down with like a book, like, do you know that the clitoris is, and she over here talking about homie hopping trains and pill parties, like. Because then your kids will also think that they're way beyond you. And they'll shut you down. And and they'll shut you down. Mm -hmm. Because they'll be like, you're talking about some old shit. Or my parents have not progressed to the level I've progressed. And then they they on their shoulder thinking they know more. That they can't learn. And so, you know, because of the openness of that conversation, it helped me like develop like, okay, we could talk about lots of, about, well, the homie hopper thing. I was like, well, does, you know, does this person like just want to have like a lot of sex? Is there something fun about screwing like other people who know each other? Do all the boys know? Like we started talking about something that was, much more useful in terms of relating to each other, you know, how kids relate to each other and use sex um, and that type of thing versus like how to put on a condom. She been knew how to do that. It, oh, yeah. Lord, if, if Brooklyn told me that she already know how to put on a condom, yeah. I, I would, I don't know. I don't know what that's, I would And do. then you would nope. celebrate. You would be like, okay, like that's, that's a very important skill to have. I would say that out loud, and my eyes would say that out loud. In my mind, my mind would be screaming like, "Dear God, why?" Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I've learned to condition myself with that. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then you know, if, if, if it's FaceTime, but <laughs> yeah, it get real high. As some, as somebody who was born in 1980, what, what, yeah. what year were your parents born? If, if you don't mind me asking. Uh, my mom was born in '54, and my dad was born in '56. Okay. All right. So my mother was born at, at 42 and we're, we're about the summer year younger than me. So yeah. I think about things that I learned in the eighties and nineties mm-hmm. that when I sit and have conversations with my mother now, she's like, Oh my God. Like she feels, she feels bad, you know, yeah. and, and not, and, and this isn't even in regards to sex. This is just involving in things I learned in the street or, yeah. or things that I was doing. And then like, we've had conversations as an adult and she's just like, you know what I'm saying? And I think we now are adults and we like to think of our children as uh, like, what's the, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, you know, like they're perfect. Like they're, they're innocent. Angels, like we still yeah, hold angels, on to that, yeah. to that innocence of when they, used to fall asleep on our chest and all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like we hold on to that. But if we put ourselves in our own shoes at that age, mm-hmm. think about the shit you was getting into. Or even getting into it, the things that you knew, the things or that thought you were about. around, the things yeah. that the people you knew were around, whether it be outside in the street or people in the school. Yeah. Now that's real. That's real. So, I mean, I think, you know, I, just to sort of like um, tie that up, the conversation that you're having with Brooke is not really going to be a top down as much as it's going to be an eye to eye. And so where it's like, I invite me in. I want to know how you feel. And it's okay. You know, if we can share with our kids that we're willing to learn from them um, and like that we don't know everything that they're experiencing at their age, then there's reason for them to come and talk to us. But if we know everything and we're wrong, 
Right. It's like, why Why am I talking to you? I'm, I'm not invested that time in, in talking to you because right. you think you know all the answers and they're all wrong and, mm-hmm. and you're not going to listen to me. Right. And we don't, we don't know this particular unique child in this day and age. I'm going to say right. one other and um and then switch to, to King. Our, one of our daughters, like one of the questions that, um again, remember multiple conversations over a period of time. Another time we're sitting around and I'm like, what's everyone's pronouns? Ask the whole family. What's, what's everyone's pronouns? And, you know, we all shared. And one of our daughters was like, I'm a toaster. And we were like, okay, what does that mean? She's just like, I'm a toaster. So for us, that told us she is not identifying the way that we probably expected her to answer. Um, she was probably testing to see what our reaction to that was going to be. And, um, and also she was sharing like, Maybe to a certain extent, it wasn't our business, right? If um, her pronouns had shifted. So in that, instead of us like going like, no, are you she, her, they, he, you know, we were just like, okay, all right. And then, you know, we joke about everything in our family. So we'll be like, um, you know, can you get the little girl in the toaster in the car? And, you know, it just sort of like, let her know. I, I was seen, I was heard, I was not pressured. And, and then we asked that question, like every, I don't know, what was it, once oh, a year? Yeah. yeah, once a year. Um, how are you identifying? Oh, I need to write this on a piece of paper. They want to know your pronouns. And over time, like she's, hers are now she, they. Um, and so, you know, it was, again, it's an invitation into her world. So then I can ask questions about like, oh, you identify as they, like what what, what else does that mean to you? So that way I could better understand you. Um, and that's something like growing up, we didn't have that. You was however people thought you look, period. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and don't you and don't try to um, challenge them on your own personal identification. Right. And people hold on. And that's another example of people holding on to Oh, there wasn't all these pronouns. I mean, yes, there were. There were pronouns. Then. <laughs> and now you get, my pronoun is American. Like, that's not, not a pronoun. pronoun. No, <laughs> that's how that is. That's how that is. No, that's, that's a that's a really a good point. And, and I, I I'm, I'm going to make a mental note. Um, to actually start asking Brooklyn what her pronouns are because I assumed that, you know, because we had an open relationship, she would tell me about it, but that's not, she might not necessarily, it might slip her mind or it might not be something that's part of the conversation. So I want to make a, make an appointment to sit there and do that. I always try to coach my friends about pronouns <laughs> and cause I, cause, because I, I, I know, I know I might struggle with it based upon you know, how, how we grew up. And so I want to make sure to be active and, and, and be present in that moment to, to know about it. So, yeah. so can you help me out there? So Noah is 11. Okay. Now Noah is not as um, mature as Brooklyn. Noah loves like video games. He's always on his phone. He's going to, he want to play all the time, everything. But I know it's good to start out early, even though I, I, I kind of don't want to wake the sleeping giant, especially because he already got the charisma. As we talked about earlier, how do you stop? How do you come in and start talking to to to, to a young to a young king? I'm getting it from a king about about how to you know about sex and I mean it's in 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 a sex positive way. Um, whenever whenever someone asks that question, I always think of uh, my godson, and my godson my my godson's parents were like, "We need you to have a conversation with him." We know he likes girls. And so like me, my brother, rest of the day, rest of the day and all that, have the, sat down and had this conversation with him. This is maybe 
15, uh, might even be like 20 years ago almost, right? And we have been like super nervous for some reason. Like, are you having sex? You know what I'm saying? Like just stepping to him. And he's kind of like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And then like two years <laughs> later, he had his first kid. It was too late. You know what I'm saying? So like waiting right. and he's a, he's a great father. He loves his babies and all that. You know what I'm saying? But we stepped to him like we was going to bully him to not have sex. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, like if we, if, and, and, and I think this is also important for everybody out there listening. Like I haven't always been good at this. You know what I'm saying? I'm still learning. I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not saying I'm the, the best parent in the world or the best dad or whatever, you know? So like with, with our, with our son, always it's like a constant conversation there's no birds and the bees talk you know what i'm saying like birds don't fuck bees so you just have to have a conversation that's constant and to me the most important one especially with little boys is boys don't usually have the talk about cleanliness you know when right. girl when girls get to that age that they start having a cycle or before they start having a cycle i mean shit even before that Women have the conversation with with girls of how to clean, so that they don't get sick. Boys, we boys and men, we don't have that conversation. So it's it's like that's a good place to start, because if he's eleven, he already he already getting the musky arms and shit. You know what I'm saying? He already yeah, yeah, he out yeah, yeah. sweating even if he's sweating playing the video games. <laughs> so that's that's a good place to start. You know, just like how to take care of yourself, how to clean your body, how to groom, because maybe he's starting to get, you know, the the little whiskers on the side or something like the that. Peach fuzz, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're starting, yeah. You're starting to get hair in different places. How, how does that make you feel? Is it is it itchy? Is it, you know what I'm saying? You're smelling different. How does that make you feel? And that kind of leads to those other questions that are the harder conversations. But if you've already have like a framework that it's comfortable for him to say something like, Hey, hey, dad, you know, I got, I got hair down there. What's going on? If you've never had that conversation, having a conversation about being attracted and having an erection is going to be way harder to have because you've never even spoken about that part of the body. Um, I will also say, uh, and I think jazz made a really, um, uh, prolific point is relationships. Like going back to that other conversation we had about um, how how men have the conversation around toxic behavior, mm-hmm. you know, because that's where some of the kids start getting that toxic behavior is in that young age where it's like, nah, don't go slap that girl on her ass. What's wrong with you, man? That's wild disrespectful. Don't pull right. her hair in the class. She ain't say you could touch her like that. You know, keep your hands to yourself. You don't want nobody touching you like that. You know what I'm saying? So like having those kind of conversations as well. Why do why do we not put our hands on other people? Where are you comfortable with people touching you or not touching you? Where do you not want to be touched? We don't have those conversations with boys. You know, a lot of times um, and this this also makes me think about the conversation we have, like a lot of men, because we project what we perceive to be super masculine manhood alpha male type shit onto kids you know these little boys will be in bad situations and it'll be like oh that woman oh but she's a woman so he good you know what i'm saying or 
we'll sexualize women to our sons and then wonder why our sons grow up to be douchebags. You know, right. so it's like if you can't refer to a woman without referring to her body parts, your son's going to grow up to be just the same way. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you can't um, express to him how to control those feelings and oh, you're interested in her, you're attracted to her or him. This is a way that you can let them know that in a in a positive way, because also you're thinking these are kids. So that other kid might not be in the same place yeah. as your kid with being comfortable talking about that. Or if a kid is coming at your kid, at your son. Like I remember I had this, this in, what was it? This was like middle school. This girl, she used to kick the shit out of my shins. We had desks across from one another. And I'm just like, yo, she be kicking the shit out of me every day. And I said something to my mother and somebody and it was like, oh, she likes you. I was like, well, I don't think she likes me if she's kicking me. <laughs> right. And, but it's like, maybe you, should, you need to have a conversation with with that. My mother was like, maybe you need to have a conversation with her to say, like, if you would like to talk to me, talk to me. Don't kick me in the leg. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's kind of like having all those kind of conversations. It seems like a lot. So it's kind of like sit down. If he rocking the video games, I'll rock with you on the video game or sit down and talk to you while he's playing because he'll stay comfortable. You know, if you're just like, cut that shit off, look me in the eye right now, he's going to be strong. You know, like the same way you would sit there and shoot the breeze with him about whatever y'all talk about now. It's like having those same kind of conversations in a a comfortable way. Like how you say, like man to man kind of conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Because he can talk to me at McDonald's about being a, a, a YouTuber. And also working at McDonald's on the, I mean, working at the Walmart on the side, which I was like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, just dash your dreams because my, my mama dashed my dreams because because I wanted to be a ninja when I when I when I wanted to grow up, and then she she shit on that. She was like, how you gonna get paid? Like she didn't put me no, you know, karate or nothing. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, yeah, ninjas got paid as mercenaries back in the day. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that now, but there was. I mean, no, now, but you know, it might have would have taught me some discipline. You know what I mean? Yeah. I might have would have, you know, martial arts. I, I, I struggle with self confidence, so it might have would have helped me with confidence. Yeah, I, I'm not knocking her. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, that's that's a tool. Like it's like hindsight being 2020. Looking mm-hmm. at it. So just even having those conversations with her, conversation with Noah now, I'm like, I know you're gonna be comfortable. And to your point, I know you're gonna be comfortable playing video games and let me talk to you. Dean. I know you're gonna be comfortable. When we when it's me and you one on one eating at McDonald's, cool. We in your we in your element on what you're doing, and now we can kind of just have conversations, and I can get get a sense of where your mindset is. So it makes a lot of sense. Jay, I would like to um just add a um add something to our conversation for both um with any of our children. You know, our kids have like access to social media. They have they can listen to their own music now, right? Like when we were growing up, we had to listen to what our parents were listening to until we were able to get our own little player or whatever. Um, I love to use music as a way like, oh, what's your favorite song right now? You know, and I remember like my oldest daughter, it was like always some like melodramatic, emotional, <laughs> like it still is to this day. Like, oh my gosh. Yes. Like she was in con- like constantly listening to breakup songs. And I'm like, who do you feel this way about? Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, right. even if she would like get stuck for a second, that would like, let me know like, ah, okay. There is somebody that she's thinking about. I should like, Oh, I don't know. You know, and I'm like, um, do you like, do you think like that's how love like should feel? You know, like, and we would, right. but we kind of 
depersonalize it a little bit because now I'm not asking like who you talk to, how you feel about it's like using that song. It's a form of narrative therapy. You could look that up as tools. Um, and then with um, with our other, um, well, with any any kid, we could ask them like, um, I know it was this, that WAP song that came out. And at first it came out, I was like, oh, like, you know, this is like Cardi B making, you know, and then I'm like, wait a minute now, hold on. What are they talking about? And my girls are like, WAP, you know? And I'm like, well, what about for people that got dry ass pussy? And they were just like, mom, you know, like, like they're not even talking about lube or anything, you know, and I'm like being silly, but I'm using something that we, you know, all think is cool. We all like the song, but it's a chance to talk about sex in a different way because like, you know, this like glorification of women always being like wet and, and all this stuff like, okay, well, yeah, that's cool. But as you get older, like you, there are some other things that you might need to consider. And like for them, it was like an embarrassing moment, but it was like me introducing the idea that like, you know, there's some other presentations of pussy out there and they deserve some respect too. <laughs> some respect on that dress. <laughs> no, I, on it. I think I was so scared when it came out. I was really scared when they came out because, you know, I knew, I knew Brooklyn was, was a was a Meg fan, so when he came out, I was like, so it's a song called WAP coming out on Friday. You want to talk about it? Like, so yeah, I was here about it. But she, she was when I was fourteen and you was fifteen. I was ninety five. I think about the Dog Pound album that dropped that year, and Bomb Ass Pussy came out. She got oh my shit. Bomb Ass oh Pussy, shit. right? Oh so, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I think in that way. Our generation is equipped to talk about the songs that are coming out music. now for kids through music. But also, like, when I listen to... So, my mother had listened to everything. But when I think about her generation's music that we were forced to listen to before I had my own shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, love songs had the word love in it, yeah. right? Right. A lot of songs from, from our generation that were relationship songs was... F bitch this, fuck that, da, 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 da. it was mm -hmm. on some whole other shit. Now there's a little bit more, it's kind of branched out a little bit more, but then I see a lot of people talking like, oh, that shit's soft. Like, come on, man. Like <laughs> somebody's allowed to be in love every now and again. But right, I, right, I do right. think that there's um music, music plays a part in bringing families together. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that kind of understanding, like. We share now, like me and the kids will send new songs to one another. So I'll be like, oh, well, why you rock with this one? Yeah. What lyrics stood out to you on this one? You know what I'm saying? Especially as a writer, then you could be like, oh, well, you know, that could have a double meaning right there. Mm -hmm. That could mean this and this. Did it, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. how do you interpret it? Because then it also lets you know how, how, your, how your kids' creative mind works as well, too. Mm -hmm. We had the same conversation around Thanksgiving, talking about like double entendres and everything. And I, I love that you brought up uh, that, that dog powder album, Dog Food. I'll I go back and listen to it because <laughs> uh, you got me hyped. But uh, I remember, I remember her being here for the summer, and I was, and I, and she was trying to talk to me about stuff that she listened to. And I'm like, well, here was a here was an album that I had no business listening to around your age, and I pulled out, I pulled out. Uh, Snoop Dogg's Donkey Style. I, we went track by track, and I was just like, "Yo, this is my shit!" <laughs> like so, but 
it's it's like using music in order to open that that door, and and, I, and that's what that's what's great about me in Brooklyn because we'll we'll talk about you know some stuff I, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap, wrap my mind around, but you know we we both love J Cole, so mm-hmm. you know we'll 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 gravitate towards that. So it, I love I love in both of y'all scenarios, y'all y'all use whatever that kid is comfortable comfortable with with doing, and then you know you don't. Like Jeff, like you said, don't make it about the fourteen-year-old or the eleven-year-old. Make it about Noah. Make it about Brooke. You, yep. you know your kids, so yes. come to them on their plane in order to sit there and talk to them, and then and then you can kind of ease into it. You don't have to be something formal where you got to cut it off and then make it a make it where you're nervous about presenting and they're nervous about listening, mm-hmm. and then nobody's really listening because it's, it's a bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> yes, we're up. That makes a lot of sense. Look, I could talk to y'all forever. I know y'all are busy, but I like I I've literally thought about like three more conversations and like two more podcast episodes. Like oh, talk to y'all, well, so like we don't we yeah. don't have to be back on and build some more. So glad that you said that. I'll go. I'll go just slide to y'all deals at some point in time and just do it because I got some ideas for parents after midnight, which is coming back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. So, but before we get out of here. I like to I like to lose who I guess. You know, it's about damn time, you know, and then you say something what's about damn time for. And since we're talking to parents and we're trying to get them to talk about to be more more sex positive, uh, each one of y'all can y'all can I take it. What is it about damn time for parents to start doing in order to be more sex positive? It's about damn time that you do something for you. Mm-hmm. And it will benefit everybody else as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, it's about damn time y'all start letting these kids see you have positive, healthy affection so that they can model that in their relationships. Love, the Love yourself. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Because, yeah, a lot of times they, all they see is that negative shit. They see us, see us drinking and, and cussing, talk about, that ain't shit. Like, you know, but we, they may not. Necessarily oh, see yeah. like the, yeah, the about, oh I really enjoyed my date tonight you know right or um or this is something I love about your mother or your yeah. father mm-hmm. right yeah. because then the kids will know to look for those same qualities in somebody else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right it's official I absolutely love y'all I mean I'm just gonna put it out there <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. look at your model I really- and your behavior. yes but but tell everybody what because y'all are doing a lot like i told you i I had to cut y'all intro short because y'all doing so much shit that i follow on all social media platforms so let everybody know where they can find you and where they can also follow and know what's going on with everything that y'all have going on i am on all the things jet set jasmine and jetsettingjasmine.com for a lot of the events and um excursions and experiences that we have going on the real wait yeah the real king noir on instagram at king noir on twitter and i'm probably shadow banned so yeah i search for me but i'm there somewhere and definitely go to royalfetishxxx.com for parent time you're 18 and up time. and enjoy yourself and maybe get some new ideas of things you want to experience in a Positive way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, because because I, I have frequented that site, um, you know, before, and uh, 
like like I said, I I, I remember the scene with uh with Leah Michelle because I, I made sure to go ahead and purchase that. Shout, shout out to Leah Michelle. Yeah. Um, so I, I I remember I remember that you know because we prep on that for parents after midnight and you know y'all know me I'm a researcher so I made sure to download that scene and you know watched it you know frequently can't get this thing and I watched it frequently on over over and over again just to make sure you knew uh, that it was that it was copacetic you know for the interview you know for research. Purpose. So I might do that after we we wrap up here. We, we would love that. that no, <laughs> love that. I really appreciate y'all. No, I no seriously. Like I, I now now y'all know the the love that I have for y'all because I'm saying it to y'all now, but it's been secret for this long. So I really, really and truly appreciate everything that y'all do, and uh, I'm going to continue to follow y'all and harass y'all and ask y'all to be on my podcast. You know more and more now. Now that we're you ain't got to harass us for that. Yeah, do highlight us, and we gonna set it up. Thank you for joining me this week on this about damn time. Hey, if you like what you heard, follow this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and IG, and join the conversation on this week's episode. Link to all my socials in the show notes. You can also show love by simply giving me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, for more blogs, pods, and other digital content, go to thewholedamnshow.com. Until next time, I'll see you next week.